I want to see the path less traveled in bumper to bumper traffic. So no matter what it is in conversations, in career aspirations, in relationships, right? I want people to make that more difficult decision because that's what's ultimately going to lead to the most happiness at the end. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. I'm so excited to share today's guest with you. Jordan Gross is a Northwestern and Kellogg School of Management graduate, a two-time startup founder, TEDx speaker, and number one best-selling author. His newest book, The Journey to Cloud Nine, provides a new approach to the personal development world by using fictional storytelling to reveal some of life's most meaningful principles. Jordan has interviewed thought leaders and influencers all around the world regarding how they can live their lives on Cloud9 and can't wait to share this information with each and every one of you. Jordan, welcome to the show. It is great to have you here. Dr. Richard, I am so excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun. It's really such an honor to be on the show, and I'm so grateful to be connecting live and and sort of in person. We can definitely see each other, but I got a big smile on my face right now. So let's let's do this, man. It's going to be amazing. That is that is high praise, and I appreciate that. Awesome, indeed. So. One of the things I want to talk to you about, and I definitely want to spend a good amount of time talking about your newest book, but talk to us about your journey to getting there. Why why was it important for you to write this book? Yeah, so it's my own journey to cloud nine, right? So uh, we have to rewind a little bit into who I was and really how that didn't match up with the person who I knew I should become. And who I was, Dr. Richard, was basically somebody who was going through the motions, right? And I was very much by the book ever since I was uh, in middle school and high school, right? And I was a student athlete, got good grades, was good at sports. I went on to college where it was much of the same, you know, and I, I based my decisions a lot off of the people around me. So I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing with my life. So people told me, hey, study economics and then get your investment banking or consulting internship, and then you'll make a lot of money and you'll live a good life. So that's kind of what I did. And I did that. And I actually found out that I didn't want to do investment banking or consulting. So when I was graduating college, I said, I I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And everybody said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Just go get your master's degree, you know, spend another year doing uh, a little bit more of exploring in this, you know, corporate world. So I did, and I got my master's in management studies. And during that year, I started doing a little bit more of self-exploration. And as I'm exploring, as I'm exploring, I started hearing that I should follow my passion, right? And at that time, I thought my passion was in the food and restaurant industry. So I went to a, a fancy schmancy 
uh, job in the food and restaurant industry where I was in this leadership and management role. I was 23 years old, leading people, uh, teams of people who were three times my age. I was making a high salary. I was living in New York City in this apartment that they put me in. And you know, back to that on-paper life, everything looked great. But uh, pretty quickly, I realized that it was not the impact I was supposed to be making. I was not helping the people who I was supposed to be helping. I was in New York City, like literally feeding the rich. When you know, metaphorically speaking, my life, my mission is to to help people. So it's more like feeding the poor. Um, so that's when I quit that job and and I figured out what I needed to do and I needed to do something that was impact driven. I needed to help people and add value to their lives. I needed to start something from the ground up and all my experiences. That's what has truly lit me up inside. And then last but not least, I needed to focus on my greatest attributes, which in, in my view is my ability to make relationships and then grow and develop those relationships. So with those three, three things in mind, I wrote my first book, which as you and I know very well, The Miracle Morning. I did my own little rendition of The Miracle Morning. And uh, I created a book called Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness. And for the last year and a half, I've been immersing myself in this personal growth and development world. But Dr. Richard, the one thing that really irked me was that in writing this book, this self-help book where I thought, you know, I've gotten great feedback and, and I've, I've helped a lot of people, some of my best friends didn't read the book. And they told me, hey, Jay, you know, this is amazing what you're doing and we fully support you and we'll, we'll send it out to people. But, you know, th- this book just isn't for me, right? Self-help is too authoritative. It's too demanding. You know, you live your life one way. I live my life another way. And, you know, I don't want to be told what to do. So in hearing that, I wanted to write another book that my friends would read. And this is the main reason why I wrote The Journey to Cloud9 in the way that I did. I had to write this book because I wanted to share these fundamental life concepts that I've found from talking to hundreds of people about meaning and purpose and fulfillment. But I didn't want to do it in a very authoritative, here's what you have to do way. I wanted to write a story just like I did that sort of is more focused on the characters and the plot development and the surprises and the sad parts and the happy parts, right? But then weaved throughout the actual narrative are these amazing principles that I've discovered from all these different people. So that's really why I had to write the book. It's because I needed to write something that was very much in tune with helping and guiding other people's lives, but also it was a way for me to speak a new language to a different audience. There is so much to unpack there. (laughs) And and I love that. One of the things that I think was interesting that you said early on was that you were living a great life on paper. And I think that's so interesting because so many of us get our life path, so to speak, from those people around us. And it might be our right. parents, it might be our friends. I mean, you you did the traditional, yeah. it was just an ex- expectation of you go to college, exactly. get this degree, do the internship and whatnot. Uh, one of the things you said in there that was interesting is that you you felt as though you, know, you, you had this higher calling to help people. And a, a lot of people have that, but then it gets lost in the race to yeah. achieve all this success. Was that desire to help people 
Was that kind of always there for you? Did that develop from some kind of an experience? Where did that come from in you? Yeah, so there's two great stories with this. Uh, The first one I'll share, it's kind of like one of my earliest memories. And it was, I was seven years old. So it was September 20th, 2001. And September 20th, 2001 was nine days after 9-11. And I'm from New York. I live on Long Island. And it was, I couldn't even explain the, the devastating times that we were facing as a community uh, in this town where parents were unfortunately killed in, in 9-11. So as a seven-year-old kid, I, I didn't fully understand what was going on, but I knew that some of my classmates were coming into class with tears streaming down their faces, and I wanted to do something about it. So not, uh, September 20, 2001 was when I made my first lemonade stand. But it wasn't just any lemonade stand. Rather, it was a lemonade stand where all the proceeds would go to the families in my community who were affected by 9-11. So from a very early age, I, I mean, I attribute it to my own parents. I attribute it to my friends. I attribute it to my friends' parents. We had a very tight-knit group growing up. Uh, my grandparents, my brother, I, I just, I was surrounded by love. I was surrounded by warmth. And uh, I wanted to share that with those who I felt were not receiving the same. Um, so I do think it was a little bit of nature. I do think it was a little bit of nurture. But that's one of my earliest memories was just doing something, yes, where I, I built something. And, I, and just like those three principles I mentioned before, I was adding value to other people. I started something from the ground up and then I was building and maintaining relationships. But I, I've been doing that my whole life. And then the other funny little story is that my dad used to say that every time we'd go into New York City, I live about an hour away, he used to never want to take me back because he would always run out of money in his wallet because every single homeless person we passed, I would want him to give them money, right? So he'd always joke that we were never going back because I was going to make him poor. But yeah, I mean, it, it has always been within me. And like you said, I do think it, it got lost a little bit. And I definitely think that when I look at my experiences, I sort of forgot about that kid who wanted to make that lemonade stand for other people. And I followed what people at Northwestern were telling me to do. I, I listened to my brother, whose friends were investment bankers making $250,000 a year at age 25, right? And uh, you know, I don't want to say I was corrupted, but I definitely was, was guided in one direction with all good intentions. It's, you know, I, I could have had a great life living in that way, but it just wasn't in full alignment with the person who I know that I'm supposed to be. And, and I think the way you said that was exactly right. You know, it, it was yeah. you were influenced by those around you, and and it would have been a, a different path. But I, I am struck by your intentionality in following your own path. And one of those three principles you spoke about, the last one was very interesting to me, is that you focused on your greatest attributes. Talk to us a little bit more about that and how people can get in touch with that as they're looking to live their own cloud nine life. And I know we're jumping ahead with the cloud nine, but I think that's a big part of it for sure. Of course. So two things here. One is when I was in college, I took a class. And by the way, I studied economics and nothing I did in college ever had to do with what I'm doing now. But uh, except for this one class, I I took an elective called uh, Community Development with Jody Kretzman. And Jody Kretzman is this this very, very, very famous community organizer who 
basically goes into different neighborhoods and reinvigorates them by focusing on something called ABCD, which is asset-based community development. So he, he worked a lot in Chicago. And say after the great Chicago fire, right, we'll use that as an example. He would go into the, the, the neighborhood at the time and he would say, okay, look at what we have here. Whereas so many people would focus on everything that they don't have, Jody Kretzman looked and said, okay, what do we have? What are our greatest assets and how can we use these strengths to rebuild our community? So he would look to people and he would say, you're a gardener, you're a landscaper, you are a contractor, you are a construction worker, right? We have all these great skills and attributes we can, we can um, work based off of. So how are we going to use that rather than focus on, okay, we don't have uh, this and we don't have that, we don't have space and we don't have money, right? Um, so that's what asset-based community development is, is all about. And uh, as I was thinking about myself, I kind of went back to that key principle of, okay, I'm not a coder and I am not a mathematician and I'm not a scientist, but what do I have, right? Well, I can make some great relationships and I can communicate really well and I can get people excited and I can write nice stories, right? So how do I focus on all of those key characteristics in order to create something of meaning, of value. So that's what I did. And then uh, something that you asked also was, was, how do we do that, right? And I think this is, the, this is the million dollar question, right? It's like, you hear all the time, you have to follow your passion, you have to follow your passion. Well, how the heck do I even know what a passion is, right? So um, I, I certainly don't have the answers and I help people with that. I coach this for a living, but I think it's the hardest thing we can do and there's no exact way. But one of the things that I always ask my um, clients who I work with, and I'm actually writing an article about it right as we speak. So it's kind of funny that this is the, the question that we're on. But um, I like to make creative questions that'll help us with this process. So one question I can give you as listeners is, if somebody were to give you a 30-minute impromptu assessment and your only task of that assessment was to talk about one thing for 30 minutes straight, what would that one thing be? So when you're thinking about that, start to really think about your assets, right? And think about what you can talk about. Is it relationship building? Is it art? Is it poetry? What is that one thing going to be? And then work from there. Why is it that one thing? Well, what, what interests you about that? You know, who, who interests you in that field? So uh, that question is so powerful. And that's you know, one of the main things that I can recommend in trying to at least find that passion, which I don't often say, actually. I usually say explore your curiosities and that'll ultimately turn into a passion or a purpose. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it and it's 100% free. 
You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love all that because one, the, the candidness you just said that it's, it is a tough question. It is a million dollar question. And the answer obviously is not the same for everybody, Right. but you you, you described a a technique very similar to something we use in psychology actually Uh called called the miracle question where you're Uh at, where a patient would be asked to really focus on, you know, if they had the perfect life, what would it look like? And and you kind of described something very similar. So I, I, I want to kind of jump back to a sure. point. You, you'd mentioned you wrote Getting Comfy, which yeah. despite the fact that your friends didn't all read it, you still became a best-selling author with that. <laughs> and it was because of the fact that they didn't read it that you chose to write your newest book. Yeah. And your newest book focuses on these story-driven life concepts. And right. I know that you interviewed people all over the world and thought leaders and influencers, some of these top minds who were able to share their experiences and their success stories. So yeah. talk to us, walk us through some of these key life concepts and, and some of the lessons that you learned from these people that have had incredible success, in different walks of life. Yeah, absolutely. So this all sprouted from me being in an Uber in New York City and always wanting to make somebody's life a little bit different, right? So whereas so many people would just sit in the back of that Uber, rather, I saw a boat in the East River in New York, and it was called Cloud Nine. And I asked my Uber driver, hey, what does Cloud Nine mean to you? And his responses created the foundation for this entire concept of, of living life on Cloud Nine. And it was, it was unbelievable because he started telling me about the time he got married. And he started telling me about when he had his children. And he started telling me about when he was able to make enough money in the States to go back and visit his home country. And he was telling me about this uh, uninterrupted, inexplicable moment of of childhood playfulness that he remembers, right? So in hearing that, I kind of thought to myself, Dr. Richard, like, I've got something here and I need to dive deeper, right? So that's when I did what you did. And and I've been asking hundreds of, of hundreds of people about their cloud nine lives and their cloud nine moments, right? So you, you mentioned the concepts and basically within the book, what I've done is I have turned all of the stories that I've heard, I've picked up the patterns, I've picked up the key ingredients and I have turned them into one man's life. And in the man's life, he was a guy who was going through the motions. His name is Jerry for, for easier purposes here. And Jerry lived his life based off of societal expectations. And the book begins with Jerry in his later years. And Jerry is depressed and he's alone and he's isolated from the rest of society. But through this transformative, magical realism type expedition through the clouds, Jerry's able to visualize his cloud nine life, which is he he can relive the pivotal moments of his life where he made the decision based off of societal expectations and reality, now in his cloud life, he's able to see what could have happened had he made the choices that were based on his own heart, his gut, and his intuition. So each cloud is a different key concept and a different opportunity for him to see uh, what his life really could have looked like. So you know, if you want to dive into each cloud, I'm more than happy to do that. It almost sounds like a 
ghost of Christmas past, present, and future sort kind of. of idea. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of influences. It's sort of like that. It's sort of like um, The Family Man. There's a movie with Nicolas Cage. It's sort of like Sliding Doors. The, the key inspiration was actually The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Mm-hmm. By, so this was actually, at first, it was going to be a heaven-like concept where you get to heaven and then you get to uh, travel from cloud to cloud to cloud, ultimately landing on cloud nine where you get to relive you know, your, your most amazing life moments over and over again. Um, but my dad said, hey, you wrote this best-selling book about you know, mental health awareness and overcoming stress and anxiety with a good uh, morning routine. So why don't, you, why don't you keep heaven here on earth? So that's why how it came to like this visualized, magical, realistic experience. I love that. And, and yeah. I, I wish we had time to go through all nine, but let's, let's yeah. pick a few and, and dive, a in, dive into them. Yeah. Let's do a couple of my favorites. So one of them is the concept of camaraderie. So just like in my own life, building relationships, maintaining those relationships is, is so, 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 so paramount. So Camaraderie is something that I've heard in stories of people around the world because their cloud nine moments have come from these uninterrupted periods of joy with their best friends, right? So I asked my buddy about his cloud nine moment the other day, and he just said, you know what? I can't think of anything in particular, but just last weekend when we were all sitting around the table and uh, there was music playing and we were all dancing. And it was just this group of friends that we've had since we were back in middle school 10 years ago. Um, that was a cloud nine moment for me. I kind of took a step away from the situation and I just had this rush of euphoria come over my body, right? And uh, that's the key component. In all the stories that I hear, the, the word ecstasy, I looked it up, the root of the word ecstasy. It comes from the Greek word ecstasis. And ecstasis literally means to step to the side of or to step outside of oneself. So, in this moment where camaraderie was playing such a huge role in this Cloud Nine experience, it was because my friend took a step outside of what was going on, viewed it almost from an objective third party point of view, and then said, wow look at what's going on in my life and look at what's going on with all of these people. And this is really why, you know, it's a cloud nine moment. So camaraderie is a huge one. And, and that overall concept comes up in every single, you know, cloud nine chapter. It's, it's that people had the, had the chance to really take a step to the side and understand uh, what kind of presence in the moment was going on to make it that cloud nine type of experience. And it's, it's presence in the moment coupled with, mm-hmm real human connections and, and camaraderie right. with others. I love that. Yeah. Right, so, so we've yeah. got camaraderie. Camaraderie. Give us, another, right. give us another one. So I'll give you another one that a lot of these, just like in, in self-help overall, a lot of these are pretty expected. Um, you know, you've got love and you've got passion and purpose and you've got empathy and responsibility. One that I really love is uh, it, it's kind of, I can couple it with one story, but one is acts of benevolence and two is unexpected triumphs. So you have acts of benevolence and unexpected triumphs. And this story that I'm about to tell that that somebody told me is a great representation of both of these in one for the two people involved in the story. So I heard a story from a guy 
who was just in his local grocery store somewhere in the Midwest. And he said that he saw a toddler trying to ride one of those, you know, pigs that goes back and forth outside of a grocery store. And he didn't have the money to ride the pig. So there he was, fostered, trying to get on the pig and ride it himself, but he just couldn't do it. So the kid, the toddler went inside the grocery store crying, trying to ask his, his mom for uh, a penny, I think it was, to, to ride that, that toy. So what the guy did was, as that kid was inside of the grocery store, he ran over to the pig and put a penny inside and then made some sort of noise so that the kid would run back outside. Um, without him realizing that it was the guy who put the penny inside of this pig. So the kid comes out, the guy kind of hides around the corner just to see what was going on. And the kid rushes outside and he sees the toy going back and forth and he hops on top and he has this moment of pure electrifying joy. And that was the kid's cloud nine moment. It was the unexpected triumph where there he was working hard, working hard, working hard, and he didn't get what he wanted. But because he was so surprised to see what happened, it's almost like the underdog story. Uh, he had this, this rush of, of just total electrifying happiness. And then the act of benevolence comes from the fact that it was this person's cloud nine moment as well, where again, he took a step to the side of the situation, hit around the corner, watched that toddler enjoy the moment and he had his own cloud nine moment himself because he was able to do something for another human being, make that person happy, um, and give him a cloud nine moment. So you've got both of those components in there, but there are a ton of stories that I've heard where it, it really applies to both of those key ingredients of acts of benevolence and the, the unexpected triumph. It, it makes intuitive sense that those would be cloud nine concepts, but you did yeah. a really beautiful job there of just connecting it through one story, how those two can come together. And, yeah. And, uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, give us, give us one more key cloud nine concept that people can take away. Yeah. So given the, the story that I told with my own journey to cloud nine, the, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with the example in, I don't want to do any spoilers actually, but basically I'll, I'll go with the example in my own life because professional aspirations or career accomplishments or finding something that is worthwhile within the professional world is a cloud nine experience that I've heard time and time and time and over and over and over again. And for me, it was the moment I had the, the presence of mind and the, and the freedom to just say, you know what, I'm not going to follow the corporate track. I'm going to choose the path less traveled. I'm going to diverge and I'm going to do something that is, is different than people around me. And I'm going to see what happens and I'm going to choose the challenging path. So in all these different stories that I hear, whether it's somebody who quit their corporate job to be a singer or somebody who was able to finally, you know, make enough money to go ahead and, and write that book, right? The key component, the underlying factor of the professional aspirations, or, and really, it's the underlying factor of every single cloud nine moment, if you break it down to its barest of bones, 
it's that a person was faced with a situation. And in that situation, there are a couple different options. But because the person chose the option that was the most challenging, that was the most in line with this person's heart, that is where the cloud nine moment arises, right? So my key mission, my whole purpose, my, my statement with cloud nine moments overall is that too often we see the, the basically it's sort of like the two roads diverging and, and one road is the path less traveled. I want to see the path less traveled in bumper to bumper traffic. So no matter what it is in conversations, in career aspirations, in relationships, right? I want people to make that more difficult decision because that's what's ultimately going to lead to the most happiness at the end. I love that. Yeah. Jordan, we're we're approaching time here. Tell us yeah. tell us where people can get this book. Yeah. So uh, if you if you go on to journeytocloud9.com, that's journey to cloud nine.com and you put your email in there. It's it's I literally say it, the the click button is not another newsletter. And on that click, you'll, you'll get added to my email list where I send updates about the book. You'll be able to pre-order. You'll be able to get these 90-second videos of people around the world telling their Cloud9 stories every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, you'll be able to order the book on Amazon as well as you know just stay up to date with everything Cloud9 related. So it's journeytocloud9.com. And I will be giving out three free chapters of the book, so you can uh, you can sign up on there, and um, I think you know Dr. Richard will put that in the show notes for you guys. We we absolutely will, Jordan. This is awesome. Uh, so I, I loved our conversation today. I wish we had Likewise. more time. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping? That single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Yeah. So I, I was ready for this one, and it's, it's my favorite thing to talk about because it's my favorite quote. And uh, the epigraph of my book, this is actually what it says. It says that somebody once told me the definition of hell and that it's on my last day on this earth. The person who I became will meet the person who I could have become, and those two people are complete strangers. But someone also once told me the definition of heaven. And it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person who I could have become. And those two people are identical twins. Wow. That's awesome. So that's how I want to live my life. That's how I want you guys to live your life. I have to give attribution to Ed Milet for that quote because I've heard it before, but the way that he expressed it is just like that. And it's, it's so beautiful, but uh, it's all about you know living the life according to your own plan and the story that you want to tell, because that's that's what I want you guys to do. So that that would be it for me, Doctor Richard, and I and I thank you for allowing me to share that. Absolutely, uh, that was that was beautifully stated, Jordan. Give us that URL one more time. So it's going to be journey to cloud all spelled out. Journey to cloud Perfect. And as Jordan alluded to, he was right on the money. Everything related to Journey to Cloud9 will be available at thedailyhelping.com in the show notes for this episode, as well as in the Daily Helping app available 
on Google Play and in iTunes. Well, Jordan, this was awesome. I loved our discussion. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Richard. I can't thank you enough. This was really, really, really amazing. Thank you. I I loved it. And and I'm sure everybody listening to this did as well. And for all of those of you who did tune into this episode, thank you so much for checking us out. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, especially if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 